0: Good morning. It is a privilege to be here. Um, Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I do ask for your anointing for all of us here in this room. I ask for your presence to meet us and that we would leave here having a greater understanding of who you are and your presence. swimming in hope, swimming in hope of you and all that you are for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm Esther Kerr. I'm the children's pastor here at Our Lord's Community Church, and it is always a privilege to be in the Word with the family of God. And today we are uh, on sermon number three in a five-week series from Romans 8. So if you guys will open up Uh, your Bibles to Romans 8, starting at verse 18. My hope is today that um, you'll get a taste, a little drop of the glory of God. And when I say glory of God, I want to define that for you a little bit. Um, Kathy Joe Wicks, she's a friend of mine. Years ago, I was doing a a teaching on the glory of God, and I was... 20-something-year-old baby and really didn't have a handle on it, and I still don't. Um, But I asked her, I said, "Give give me a definition that I can put my teeth in that can help me understand. And she said, Esther, the glory of God is the essence of the presence of God. It's everything that radiates from him and who he is. And when we reflect the glory of God, that's us looking like him. It's when the presence of God does something in us and we reflect him. So when we glorify God, that's what we're doing. We're reflecting his presence, reflecting his character, something of him that got on us and in us and we look like him. And it's him, it's not us. Just to be clear, it is him and who he is. So today, I'm hoping that, that you get a little drop, some, a little taste on your mouth Of something of the glory of God in his presence. So much so that it will cause you to endure whatever suffering comes your way. That it will cause you to lean into him and put your full weight in all of the things that this not yet world provides. When I say, provides is the wrong word. But when I say not yet, that's another thing. It's language we use here in this church that I want to explain We we say that we, the people of God, are in the now. We've been saved by grace and carry the fullness of the presence of God. And his purposes are through us. But it's the not yet in that we are still being made perfect. And there's going to come a day when the revelation is going to be pulled apart. And we will have the fullness of the presence of God and his glory manifest to us and through us. And so right now we're in this not yet. We have some of it, and we're contending for more of it, but the truth of the matter is, until we get to heaven, not until that time will we have the fullness of it. But it's worth waiting for. And I hope that this passage makes you dig in and cling to our sweet Jesus all the way through, no matter what. Life is about to serve up. So, Romans 18. If you guys will stand, Brock did this last week. And while we read the word, there was something about it in my spirit that I just appreciated. The word of God is significant and there's something sweet about honoring it. I'm actually reading from the uh, New American Standard and I like it for this passage. I'll explain later. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is not... But hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not see, the perseverance, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Thanks be to God. That is the word of God. Amen, right? Okay. So today's uh, teaching, I'm going to divide up into four sections and break this passage up into four sections There we go. And we're going to start with verse 18 and 19. So there at the beginning where it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, that word consider is the word add up. Paul is saying, I've done the math. I've looked intently. I've put it on the scales, all the sufferings of this present time. And it is not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. It's not even in the same ballpark. And just so you have a little bit of a taste of the suffering that he's referring to for that present time, for them, I put a quick list that comes straight from Scripture. It's the slide that has the 2 Corinthians 4, the 2 Corinthians 6, the 2 Corinthians, there we go. So these are the present sufferings that come straight from Scripture from Paul. This is what he's saying that he has put in the scale and he's looked at intently. Everything from being poorly dressed to being martyred. Slandered is mentioned a few times in these passages. But becoming like scum of the earth, slandered. Hungry, homeless, cold, robbed, shipwrecked, treated as imposters, imprisoned, rioted, disruption in work. That's one actually we feel, we're, we're feeling. Sleepless nights, afflicted, struck down, mocked, flogged, and martyred. These are present sufferings that they are encountering because they belong to Jesus. And these present sufferings, he says, I've put them in the scale. I've considered them. I've weighed them. And they're not even close to the glory of God, the essence of the presence of God that is going to be revealed to us. The weight is a different ballpark completely. Um, to give you a little, the, the, um, if you can go back to where it's uh, the verse 18 and 19 at the end of this particular section i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to can be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us to be revealed to us so make no mistake the essence of the presence of god is unchanging who he is is unchanged our ability to take it in is what is changing because we, he is increasing in us and we are decreasing. So it is this like, um, it's like little drops in the glass is getting a little more filled up, and the revelation is growing. But he wants you to know something big is coming. And so we have Paul. Paul had tasted, just tasted a little bit of the presence of God in a way that transformed him. He saw redemption. He saw um, salvation, healings. um, And also all of those sufferings were happening at the same time. So um, what I want you to see and to know about Paul... Is that even though he had just tasted a little bit, he knew more was coming. So we have tasted a little bit, but more is coming. I've got a little slideshow that'll give you a little picture of this. So my daughter got married in September. And uh, can you put up just the first picture? And so here she is. At the curtain at the back, that's my husband of 26 years, Rich, my daughter, 22-year-old, um, ab- about to get married. She's standing in the back. Now, her husband-to-be, had. he had tasted a little bit like he knew it, she's a good woman. She's also beautiful. He, he kind of knew these things, but the reality of the fullness that she's about to be my bride hadn't yet kicked in. Right. So go to the next slide. So it's starting to kick in. What you don't see is him as the reality of what is really happening is about to slap him in the face in a way that just that wrecks him. So go to the next one. And that's my son-in-law. Isn't that beautiful? But that's something of waiting for the Lord and this revelation, this revealing of who he is to us. And and creation knows that we've got a little bit of a taste right now. you got a little bit of a taste. And it's increasing. And it's getting closer down the aisle. But there is something coming that is going to blow you away and hold on because the sufferings that are in the wait aren't even in the same ballpark. Amen. Okay. So, the next um, section, we're going to read verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and freedom of the glory of the children of God. So here, speaking of the fall, the fall is when sin entered the earth. Earth was perfect, everything was grandiose, then sin entered the earth, and then there was um, some ramifications for us and the creation and us seeing in part. And the fall is real, but what I'd never seen or noticed is this word, the fall happened and it didn't happen in a void of hopelessness. The fall includes in hope. Our good God, when Sin entered the world, and sin entered the world, and it leads to death not because God is bad, but because sin is bad, and ultimately it leads to death and the decay. And so you even see it there. Um, the creation itself will be set free from the slavery to corruption. We in this time, in this not yet time, are bound to decay. We are. And when the kingdom of God comes to, to us and through us, in the, and we get to taste the now, that we get some freedom of that. But the truth of the matter is even Lazarus, after he was resurrected, died. That's true. And so we contend for the kingdom and we want the resurrection. And when the resurrection part of it doesn't happen until we see Jesus face to face, we cling to. Two, what is going to be revealed to us, and what is it? That we will have freedom of the glory of the children of God. So in this, free, so, so it's not just that the glory of God is, um, is present and good, it's that we will be transformed in a way that we can know it and we're free and we're free from the decay and let me tell you I've been to a few funerals the past few weeks and this and this truth really helps that they're going they're going to be with the Lord where there's freedom from the corruption and the decay of our bodies that is a sweet thing we all age and it's this is a reality of the not yet But the Lord says, You weren't subjected to that without hope. Cling to the hope. So, I like the words, I keep hearing the words, swim in the hope, swim in the hope. Man, when you're surrounded by the suffering and you're surrounded by the decay of this world, when you're surrounded by the not yet, swim in the hope. The hope of the hope of our that our Lord Jesus Christ is with you and for you, and the Spirit of God is bringing more of His kingdom. Swim in the hope. All right, verses uh, twenty-four, excuse me, twenty-two and twenty-three. This is some of my favorite right here. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption of sons, the redemption of the body. Having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. So here's what I want you to see. When we see things that are not right when we see the injustices when we see the pain when we experience the pain because we have the holy spirit in us we've experienced something of him something of his kingdom something of the now we we've touched it not in its fullness but we've touched it and when we see what's not right it brings an ache to us and sometimes we say oh this is so much pain Where is God? God can't be present because there's so much pain. And I want you to see sometimes there's so much pain because God is present. It is a first fruit of the spirit to groan, to see what it should be, to see the injustice and to want it to be more. Because you've tasted something of the Lord and you want it to be more. And you have a longing for that. And so it makes a, it makes a tension and even a groaning inside of us. The, um, I was sitting in this passage for a few weeks. And so in worship a few weeks ago, um, all of a sudden, it was like I, the Lord was revealing to me something about um, the tension inside of me, the, the parts of me that... Had been surrendered and his spirit was there, and I experienced the fruits of his spirit, and then parts of me that had not. And I and I, except for that, I was self-aware that there's cameras in here and there's people, I would have groaned. And I wasn't groan, I was groaning because I wanted something of the Lord in that place. It didn't hurt because God was absent, it hurt because he was present. So as, the, as, as, as you see injustices in the world, as you have pain, um, I want to encourage you not to, to say, well, where is God? I want to challenge you to see him right there with you, hurting with you. And wanting to bring his presence to that place. And contend for his kingdom in the now. Because that really is real. That is not fake. This particular passage is a lot about the not yet and hold on. But the fact that we have the spirit and we're a part of increasing his kingdom. He's increasing. We're decreasing. It's real. So see the presence, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit of God in you. And... And, and and join him. I do. I think that's why the Milners, um, the Milners, go to went to Guam because their heart groaned to bring something of the kingdom of God to that place. You heard him talk about it. He just started weeping. He wasn't weeping because God was absent. He was weeping because God was present. This piece, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons. So I've got a nephew who is adopted. And this waiting eagerly, like it is, um, his story is unique because my mom lived in Albania. And she and my dad lived in Albania. And she would visit this orphanage. First she visited a hospital and there was a baby there. that had been really left to die, and so she went and took care of him. And then eventually he was at at an adoption agency, or at an orphanage, excuse me, and she went there to take care of him. And then she started working on us. I've got eight sisters and a brother. Anybody want to adopt an Albanian? You know, she's calling, she's emailing, she's hitting all the, you know, please, please. And my sister Marion, her husband is adopted. And they always wanted to adopt. So they started the works to adopt Noah Sergio. And um, Noah didn't quite, he didn't yet understand the revelation of being a son of a Coleman. But he was starting to get a taste because his softa, who is my mama, would go up and be with him every day. And she made a little booklet that had pictures of cousins and brothers and sisters and mom and dad and started teaching him English words and then started sending to my sister Mary an Albanian word so they could uh, learn his language and his culture. And And my parents lived there for nine years, so we had all gone a, a couple of times. But that does not make you an expert, right? So we, So we started... We, we started to acclimate to, he, the adoption wasn't finalized, but really, it, the reality of it started long before the final revealing. And it's the same with the Lord, except for that the adoption has been finalized. You're his. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have the fullness of his spirit inside of you. You belong to him and you are his and the adoption is finalized. So, but the revealing of what all that means right now, we're just getting a little taste Just getting a little taste. And I want to encourage you to ask the Lord to show you more and more. Show me this identity as yours more and more and more. Because I think sometimes Noah didn't quite believe. And he didn't even quite understand. But the more she visited, the more he started to get a, and then when we went to visit, a little more, a little more. Ask the Lord to show you. Reveal to me a little more, a little more, a little more. But you don't get the full thing until the end. <laughs> also, the redemption of our body. So, as a, I say this all. I, I'm like, I'm like, don't say that. So, as a cancer survivor, and as, as I've had some health issues, man, I'm ready for my the redemption of my body. Not just for those things to be gone, which they actually they are physically gone in me, but. Those things are still still in the world, and someday something is going to take me, right? I'm ready for those things not just to be gone, but for us to be better because of him, which is, redemption implies that. So you, you're not suffering in vain. Not only will it be gone, he'll redeem it. The redemption of our bodies. Amen. Our God is so good. He is so good, you guys. Cling to him. Okay, so let's finish up here. Verses 24 and 25. For in hope we have been saved. (laughs) Okay, count the number of hopes here, okay? Seriously. Because hope and perseverance are inseparably linked. You can't have one without the other. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. But if we hope for what he does not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for all. And I chose this particular um, translation because it used the words perseverance. And that's a really accurate. Perseverance is really, uh, some of them say to wait patiently. And that's just too nice Wait patiently. Perseverance is a word that like, you know, when you're being martyred, holding on to your faith, you need perseverance. The waiting patiently was too delicate, dainty. Not not that I'm, wait patiently, yes. But man, life sometimes needs perseverance, right? And what are you hoping for? So I'm going to tell you guys a, a, a story. So there's a man who's a pastor at this church whose initials will remain, or whose name, I'll just, his. okay, it's Brad Kilman. Okay. (laughs) So some of you guys don't know that he was a gymnast as a kid. Not only was he a gymnast, he was ranked 11th in the nation as an 11-year-old. Are you surprised? Shocker, right? So, plot twist. (laughs) Just just a little something. I gotta know. (laughs) Um, And he came to a crossroads um, where he kind of had to... A decision was in front of him. Do I go to the... Go train for... Like, train, train. He was already training for real. It had already cost him a lot. There was already some suffering, even some knee injuries at that age. But am I going to go to the Olympic Training Center? Am I going to really hit this hard? And he had, he had a friend who did that. And he considered the costs. He considered the suffering that he had already endured what he would. He considered his identity. Do I want my identity to always be a gymnast? Because it would have been. You go to the Olympic Training Center... At age 12, 11, 13, your identity from that point on is gymnast. And even what is his hope in? Is his hope to be an Olympian? Maybe, but that's not a for sure hope. That's, that's a maybe. And it's also temporal. Even if he was so good that he did it, that's a temporal reward. So, you know, at the, he might have given it as given it a go and been in a... Been a been a uh, college gymnast, which actually his friend became uh, a gymnast for OU. He didn't make it to the Olympics and really wanted to. So the hope, it, was, it wasn't going to fulfill. He put it in the scales. Here's the pain and the suffering. Here's my life. Here's the identity that I'll be headed towards. Here's, uh, here's what may or may not be the reward, and it is temporal. And he was like, you know what? That's not for me. And actually, that's about the same time when he's picked up the guitar and the Lord led him into worship. And there's a sweet, a sweet thing for him. But we, as believers, the suffering that is in the scale, both from the fall and the decay of our bodies, And even persecution for being a believer, which in other nations feel a lot more severely, but may be headed here. I don't know. Put that in the scale with all of its weight. And it doesn't even come close to the glory of God. The essence of the presence of God that he has for you as his people. And I pray that your hope in him grows and grows and that you'll swim in the hope. Swim in the hope because hope and perseverance are linked. And I, would, I want to close in a ministry time. Um, the intercessors today, um, Bethany came, came to Brock and said, I really feel like, there's something about suffering and perseverance and hope that the Lord is doing in our midst and wanting us to leave with. And so, Bethany is going to lead their ministry time. And, and I pray that you guys will lean in with all you have.
1: I think it might be on. They might just need me to move away. Is that right? So, the funny, <clears throat> the funny thing is, I wasn't in intercession this morning, but I was getting ready for church, and I was asking God, Father, what are you doing today? And I wanted to partner in prayer uh, while I was getting ready for church. And immediately I heard the phrase, I, am, I see the ones suffering in their bodies. And then immediately, um, the verse came to mind from Psalm 103 that said, uh, that says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And I was overwhelmed with this sense of compassion that the Lord feels today for those who are suffering in their bodies And I was specifically sensing pain, suffering in pain that that God this morning wants to come and touch and bring his compassion, bring his comfort, bring his relief is my sense. And so, um, and then I got to church and the intercessors had sensed a, a real similar thing. And I did see, as I was praying in my mind, I saw people in their homes who were not able to be here this morning. And I heard the promise, um, I am near to those, to the brokenhearted. And this promise of God's presence, it's like this law. He is near to the brokenhearted. And, And I saw in my mind's eye, God's presence in homes, filling bedrooms, Coming near to to people who can't be here this morning, and the intercessors really sensed there was a longing to be here, but because of uh, pain, because of sickness, they couldn't get here. So I wanted to extend this ministry time to the people at home, um, just the sense God wants to come near, bring His presence of comfort and compassion, and bring relief. I want to pray pain goes. So we're going to get creative as we are doing this ministry time within the season we're in. Um, For people, though, to stand up who have suffering in their body, pain specifically, and I was sensing shoulder pain um, that people are experiencing a lot of pain in shoulders. And then the intercessors felt knees is that right? a knee pain in a knee so if you'd stand up we really do want to pray over you and people around you who are within your family in your social circle can lay hands on you if you feel comfortable with that or and then anyone around be creative but but engage in ministering to the people and praying for pain to go relief to come and God's presence to come in comfort and compassion anyone does that resonate I see people standing and I just want to pray God I I felt in my whole person the compassion that you feel like a father who, who's full of compassion for his children. That's how you feel toward these ones suffering in their bodies in pain. And I pray you would come and release your powerful, close presence. I pray, God, that all pain would go in Jesus' name. All pain go now in Jesus' name. I pray you bring relief, God, to this pain. I pray relief come. And God, I pray you would bring your, your comfort like a blanket, surround those in their homes with your, your powerful presence of comfort and compassion. Bring your presence, bring your presence and power this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.